In the battle for conference supremacy, the Big Ten has struck a death blow to the Pac-12. But long term, you know what? I still think the SEC is going to reign supreme overall. So let's talk about what that means for Missouri, college football in general, and plus specific notes on the Tigers right now. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And certainly this is an historic day in the history of college football. And to me, as a a fan of college football in general, just put my Mizzou fandom aside for a second, This is a sad day for college football because when I said death blow in my opener, I really meant death blow. If you look at the teams that are left right now in the Pac-12 conference, how are they supposed to recover, quite honestly? Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, and Washington State are all that's left. Now, I just realized I made a big assumption here and, well, you never want to do that, do you? Well, here's the thing. What has happened here, according to Brett McMurphy, one of the biggest college football national writers out there, Oregon and Washington are joining the Big Ten, also leaving the conference to join the Big 12, reportedly Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. Of course, this following Colorado's departure, rejoining the Big 12 after their decade-plus-long little odyssey I guess you could say in the Pac-12 well I gotta say one thing first of all I didn't really see most of this coming at least at this moment I've been saying for a while now for a bunch of different economic reasons I thought this was going to get pushed off until next season after this football season but gotta say I didn't see Colorado that move coming I didn't think they were going to immediately go back to the Big 12 and boy that sure seemed to have had a lot of ripple effects and made a lot of people in the Pac-12 very, very nervous. And understandably so. I know exactly how everyone in the Pac-12 felt, not only after this most recent, these most recent moves, of course, but going back to USC and UCLA announcing their official moves to the Pac-12. It was almost at that moment, Basically, the Pac-12 was on life support. It was at least in the intensive care unit, without question. Well, now, for all intents and purposes, we are sending the Pac-12 over to hospice care. That's about all that's left at this point. Sorry to be dark, but this is a bummer to me. Again, as a college football fan, something is really, really lost here. I mean, I, I, I know we've taken conference realignment way too far now. Here's the thing, back when, obviously conference realignment is nothing new. Obviously at one point, the Big Six became the Big Seven, then the Big Eight, then the Big 12, 25 some odd years ago. Well, here's the thing, at least, and even to this day, all the moves that the SEC has done have at least made some type of geographic sense. But now what you have with the Pac-12, for all intents and purposes, dying, the Big 12, and the Big Ten now are this weird amalgamation 
of geographic fits that have really nothing to do with each other culturally or or indeed geographically. No doubt about that. I guess we can argue culture at a certain point. But really, other than the ACC and the SEC, who has a conference left that really makes any sense? Listen, I understand, okay, you could say Louisville's maybe a stretch for being Atlantic Coast. I can see that point. But other than that, even Missouri certainly fits in the southeast. Yeah, they're on the northern side of it, but they do border a couple SEC states. Actually, three. It's going to be four when Oklahoma joins. And again, just, I don't know. I feel like we've jumped the shark, college football in general. Obviously, as a Missouri fan, this shows, well, it doesn't change a lot if you're a Missouri fan. Again, this is me just complaining as a college football fan in general. But as a Missouri fan, well, this doesn't really affect us very much because fortunately we made the smart decision all those years ago to grab on to that SEC life raft for dear life because, well, what does that mean? That means that Missouri has a seat at the big boys table forever. That's essentially what this means. As long as college football is a big deal, well, Missouri is going to be a part of that. That's an incredibly, incredibly valuable thing to have. That type of peace of mind as a fan, it just helps your administration so much. It helps with recruiting, fundraising. I, I just don't even think you can – I can go far enough in telling you how important that I think that is. So, again, no matter how conferences shake out in the future, maybe the NCAA dies, I don't know. All I know is whatever it looks like in the future, your Missouri Tigers are going to be a part of it. But I sure do feel bad for Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, and and even Stanford because I'm not sure where those particular teams are going to end up. I assume Stanford is going to find a landing spot despite the fact that, well, their football's been hit and miss maybe to put it kindly over the years. You know, every single year you look at, what is it, the Athletic Director's Cup where they take points for overall sports. I mean, Stanford is up there in the top five seemingly every year. They have a really good athletics program. Now, basketball's fallen off in recent years. Football's fallen off a bit in recent years, too. Some of that's maybe just the Pac-12 in general. So certainly it will be interesting to see where Stanford ends up. Obviously, Notre Dame now is by far and away the biggest fish left in the pond. Are they going to join this mess? At some point, they will. It just feels like the Irish are going to hold off and be independent for as long as they possibly can. And by the way, I got to give Matt Harris over at Rocky M Nation. He's Data Mizzou on X. Well, he had the tweet of the day, in my opinion. He said, hear me out. What if the SEC invited Nebraska, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas, Colorado, Oklahoma State to join with Oklahoma? Mizzou could be placed in that division. They could spin it off, a whole new subsidiary, call it something catchy like the Big Eight. Hey, now we're thinking, now we're talking. See, that's been my ultimate fantasy is that whoever ends up, hopefully we just kill the NCAA off and, I don't know, somehow somebody in charge who realizes, wait a second, long term, if we actually want to make even more money on this, shouldn't we want to pump up geographical rivalries that make sense? Maybe we ultimately will get back to a de facto Big Eight. Is that probably a fantasy? Yes, It's also not out of the realm of possibility either. Who the heck knows what the future structure of this 
crazy sport we call college football is going to look like. And coming up the next couple weeks, well, if you've been following this show, you're an everydayer, you know, are going to be a wild ride for Missouri fans. So once again, I want to preview the next couple weeks, let you know all the all the big stuff going on in Mizzou football and basketball recruiting. Coming right up, but first I want to tell you about LinkedIn jobs because these days every potential hire really can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates on the market. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And once again, as somebody who has experience with LinkedIn jobs, when you find the right candidate, well, you absolutely cannot wait to pay that person at the end of the week because they are absolutely an addition to your life. It's not spending. It's a great, great trade. So LinkedIn jobs, they help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And frankly, all of you out there, you should be an everydayer. This is the only five-day-a-week Mizzou sports podcast on the market, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? If you're a Mizzou sports fan, you got to be excited for next week. A couple guys look to be on board for Dennis Gates and company. Some really good gets here. Monday, August 7th, Marcus Allen is going to announce a four-star player. Small forward, 6'7", say 210 pounds, something like that. Gosh, he plays even thicker than that, in my opinion. I, after seeing just a short bit of Allen, I'm a really huge fan of his game. Heck, I'm a fan of getting top 55, you know, top 100 type guys, regardless, just at face value. I like any type of four-star player, but that's just me. But just from what I could see from Marcus Allen's game, I think he's going to be a really good defender. I think he's decisive, smart, versatile, and athletic, too. The kind of guy that fits Dennis Gates and really any kind of basketball club pretty darn well. Then on Friday, August 11th, Peyton Marshall, former Auburn commit until fairly recently, looks like he's going to be a Missouri guy as well. But again, we'll just have to see on Friday, August 11th, the week from today. Peyton Marshall, again, if you're not an everyday or just quickly, Marshall, much more of a big-time I should say a, a traditional back-to-the-basket big guy is what I'm trying to say. He's much more of your traditional big man who can finish with either hand around the rim, has some really advanced post moves for a guy that age, especially in 2023 when post play, back-to-the-basket play sort of is less and less emphasized seemingly with each and every season. Then on the 13th, a week from this Sunday, Jeremiah McClellan, the CBC wide receiver going to announce four-star player, probably the least likely maybe of, of the top three guys left in Missouri that the Tigers are going after really hard, along with, of course, Williams Nowerny is going to announce the next day, a week from this Monday, August 14th, Williams Winery is going to announce his college decision, and boy, the Tigers have 
seemingly made up a lot of ground on the Oklahoma Sooners, and by all accounts, it's a two-team race there. I'm not sure who to pick, but the Tigers have a real chance, and I know what I'll be doing on August 14th sometime around 6 p.m. I can guarantee you that. And finally, one another guy, just notably, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., a cornerback. Tigers were in on him pretty good. I thought had a decent chance, but, well, you notice the junior of that equation. Drake Kirkpatrick Sr., an excellent all-time cornerback for the Crimson Tide. Well, Jr. recently picked up an offer from the Tide, and I got to say, if I were him, I'd probably take that offer. I couldn't blame him whatsoever. If that's truly where he grew up wanting to play, if he got his dream offer there, well, hey, good luck to him. He's going to announce on August 18th, couple couple weeks from today to be exact, in fact. So, hey, good luck to you, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. I don't think he's going to be a Missouri Tiger, but you never know. And speaking of the Crimson Tide and recruiting battles with the Tigers, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that the Tide was after Kyron Montgomery, the defensive lineman who signed his letter of intent with the Tigers in 2020. Regardless, he's a four-star player out of high school, a guy that Missouri really, really expected a lot out of, certainly somebody I was excited to get. That's what I remember the most, but I'm starting to worry that Mr. Montgomery could be an injury write-off. He's still a ways to go in his career for sure, but he's already had a torn ACL and a a strange bone dent injury last season and one I've never really quite heard about. I'm just worried that not really hearing about him raising up the depth chart or anything like that so far this preseason, but definitely a name that I'm going to be watching. And really, I just wish the young man well. I feel like he's been a little bit snake bit early in his Missouri career. Got the injury bug for sure. It's just too bad to see. And unfortunately, in this sport, sometimes that just happened. Doesn't seem like it's any fault of his whatsoever. Now, another big guy who I know Missouri was in on possibly down to the final second with the Crimson Tide was Miles McVeigh, the offensive lineman from East St. Louis. Well, I know that because he ended up with the Crimson Tide. Miles put out a picture of himself in that Tide uniform. He's going to be a freshman this year, I believe. And I just thought, oh, here's a guy. Here's a young man I actually remember interacting with a little bit. He followed me, the podcast, on Twitter during his recruiting process. I followed him back, and well, to this day, we followed each, we follow each other. So I said, looking good, Miles, good luck. And I really mean, meant both of those things. I feel like Miles has dropped a lot of weight, a lot of good weight. He is a naturally big guy, and he's looking probably the trimmest I've ever seen him. So I, I think he's looking great. Obviously, that tied weight program is doing good for him, that strength and conditioning stuff. And really, I, I wish the young man well. He seems like a gentle giant to me. So the bottom line is, even when guys spurn Missouri, you know what? There's no reason as a Missouri fan not to be nice to those guys because guess what? They're young guys with real feelings, just like me and you, number one. But number two, in the transfer portal era, <laughs> who the heck knows, right? What if Miles McVay is never quite gets to be the first string in Alabama? You know what? He'd still look pretty good in a Missouri uniform to me. But regardless, good luck to you, Miles. I, I really genuinely mean that. And coming up, Athletic Director Desiree Reed-Francois Caused a bit of a stir online via a Columbia Tribune piece about 
Possibly what to do with the North End Zone Concourse. Of course, just a few short years ago, Missouri did a massive rebuild of the South End Zone. Well, could something else be coming in the North End Zone? Sure seems like a possibility, so let's talk about some of the possibilities coming right up. But first, I want to tell you about eBay Motors. And for a championship team, you got to make sure every team is the right fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, go to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. By the way, just to clear up what seemed to be some confusion from some of my listeners, the other day I retweeted something about Jimmy McKinney third, who is Jimmy McKinney, hey, the former Missouri basketball Jimmy McKinney, currently, I believe, the head coach at Vashon High School. Well, his son plays at Vashon, that I'm sure of, or is at least about to. Well, he, he picked up an offer from Dennis Gates in Missouri the other day. Now, I should maybe put offer in quotation marks because well, that's not exactly a committable offer at this point, I don't believe. I, I don't even understand what an offer means anymore. It's up mostly for kids to put out on their social media, I guess. It's sort of a marketing ploy, if you will, because, of course, a lot of people like myself were going, man, Jimmy McKinney already has a son who's old enough to be getting offers. Well, yes and no. You see, the younger Jimmy McKinney He's about to enter his freshman year of high school. He's class of 2027, so we still got a ways before we even potentially see this young man playing college basketball whatsoever. In fact, the way college sports are going right now, who, who the heck knows? Will there be college basketball? Will we all live on Mars or the moon? You never know. But as of right now, I wouldn't take that Jimmy McKinney the third offer too seriously. But I do take one thing seriously. When Desiree Reed Francois makes some comments in the Columbia Tribune about, hey, maybe we should do something with this whole north end zone area over here. Well, I, I definitely listen. She's not just talking out of the side of her mouth there. She's sort of floating the idea, seeing what fans are saying, what they'd be into. She's, I think she's throwing out a trial balloon, really. And basically she's saying about what could go on in the north end zone, quote, it can be much broader than just something that relates to football. This would be the anchor of an entertainment zone Open 365, not just game days. So an interesting idea there. We're maybe talking about, hey, sort of a ballpark village-like concept if you're familiar with the St. Louis Cardinals and what they've done just behind Bush Stadium in the last few years. And to which I did see some people push back and say, well, if you want to kill downtown Columbia, there you go. There's a great way to do it. 
I don't know. To me, I think, yes, downtown St. Louis has had a real a real step backward the last 10 years or so. No doubt about it. It's not a great place to hang out anymore, unfortunately. But I think the pandemic, number one, had a massive, massive effect on all that. The shutdowns, whatever you want to call it. And just there's a lot of factors, unfortunately, that have been going against a lot of big cities and their city centers in the last few years. It's unfortunate, but to just put it all on Ballpark Village, I think is a a tiny bit short-sighted. Obviously, that's more competition, and I'm certainly not for taxpayer dollars from the city of Columbia going to some concept like this, but it's not hard for me to imagine, I don't know, something that's a little bit different. I, you know, I don't think that anything has been decided with what to do with that area. I do think eventually Missouri wants to get rid of and upgrade the the south or excuse me, the north end zone scoreboard, much like the south end zone scoreboard was updated a few years ago. I think that'll happen at the very least. But I do think one concept that could definitely work is some type of restaurant that can see down into for row field into the stadium, that type of deal. Well, unfortunately, the dormers might have their view of the stadium cut off a few of those people. But, hey, you know what? Those dorms are not exactly in the greatest shape in the world the last time I was in there at Norm Stewart camp about a bajillion years ago. So, I don't know. Just be interesting to hear what, again, what all of you think about what, what would you like to see in the north end zone? You want it to just be the stadium? I definitely, I don't know, cutting off the the view of campus I don't know I sort of like the open nature in the north end zone I could definitely see a new scoreboard for sure but curious to hear what all your thoughts are hit me up at locked on mizzou locked on mizzou of course at gmail.com but hey until next week got five more coming for you we're right in the middle of football practice of course like I said a huge mizzou basketball recruiting week Monday and Friday, Marcus Allen, Peyton Marshall, respectively. I'll have that and all the news for you right here on Locked on Mizzou.